Hey there, and welcome to the One Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at one of our services. If you'd like to know more about life at One Church, visit us online at weareone.church or check us out on social media. Let me pray just before you take your seats. Father God, we thank you so much for what you are doing already in this service, how you are already speaking, you're already moving, you're already working. And we give you this next half an hour or so and pray, God, that you would use it to speak to us, God, that you would use it to grow us and change us. In Jesus' name, amen. You may take your seats. My name is Amy and I get the privilege of being able to share our message this morning. Uh, We are in the series Fierce and um, we are using a key passage this morning that comes from a letter that was written to a young church leader called Timothy. So Paul was writing a letter to this leader, Timothy, uh, because some people had infiltrated the church and were starting to spread incorrect doctrines about what it meant to follow Jesus and what life knowing Jesus looked like. And so Paul writes to Timothy uh, to encourage him, challenge him to get fierce about some things, to get fierce about the way that these leaders were causing division and conflict in the church. And so our key passage for this series comes from the end part of that letter in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 11. So if you've got a Bible and you want to turn there, or you've got your app on your phone, if not, it will be on the screen. We're going to go to 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 11 for our key passage for this series. And it says this, Paul writing to Timothy, but you, man of God, flee from all of this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. In the sight of God, who gives life to everything, and of Christ Jesus, who, while testifying before Pontius Pilate, made the good confession, I charge you to keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul uses such fierce language, such strong language in this letter to Timothy. He says, flee, pursue, fight, take hold. And the bit I want to focus on today, Paul charges Timothy to keep the commands that God has given him. And so the word charge there means to declare, to advance an order, to command, to instruct, to commission. It's this call to stand up and fight. And the reason that we're using this as our key passage for this series is because it's not just applicable to Timothy, and it's not just applicable to that situation specifically in that church, but it applies to every single follower of Jesus. And even if you are here today and you wouldn't call yourself a Christian, this applies to you because we are all fighting for something. We've all got something worth fighting for, whether it is your family, your career, maybe it's your calling, maybe this year it's a habit that you want to break, maybe it's a fear that you want to overcome, a goal that you want to see achieved, temptation that you want to conquer and eliminate this year we all have something that we are fighting for yes good okay let me let me just before I carry on you can you can talk back to me okay if you're new here we have positive heckling in church okay so if if anything like feel free to affirm is what I'm saying okay good um so we all have something worth fighting for all got something that we're fighting for but we will all be at different stages within that fight so let me explain 
Uh, a couple of years ago, uh, at our youth summer camp, we had a one of the afternoons a giant water slide, uh, and this thing was amazing. It was this huge bit of tarpaulin that just went down a really steep hill, uh, and it was very safe. And we um, were dousing it constantly with water and with fairy liquid to be able to really shoot down this water slide. And we had inflatables, we had rubber rings, dinghies, lilos that you would just jump on and shoot down this slip and slide. Uh, we also had this giant inflatable unicorn. So when it came time for me and Jess and our friend Joy to go down on the slip and slide, of course, we chose the giant inflatable unicorn. And now at the top of the hill, when we started, everything was going great. Like, look at the, look at the smile on Jess's face. This was amazing. It was so much fun. We were, everything was good. It was going really well. Middle of the hill, things started to take a turn for the worst. Like, literally, the unicorn had picked up so much speed and caught the wind that it started to turn. And it was almost like it happened in slow motion. I knew that we were losing control and it was not going to end well. And so what happened then was the unicorn proceeded to flip and throw the three of us off. I face planted the ground. My friend Joy landed on top of my face and drove it into the ground for another couple of meters. And the result was a grazed face and lost nose ring and very hurt pride. Um, it was an experience. But the reason I tell you that story is because I feel like Sometimes the fight can feel like you are hurtling down a slip and slide on a giant inflatable unicorn. <laughs> because some of us will be here this morning and you are at the top of the hill. Everything is going great. You are loving life at the moment. It feels easy. It feels good. There's no fight going on at the moment. Everything is comfortable and you are enjoying life. Others of us will be in the middle of the hill and you are fighting for control. You are recognizing that there are some areas in your life that are not exactly how you want them to be and you are fighting for something today. And there'll be others of you that feel you are face planted in the dirt because you have been fighting and you feel like you have lost the fight within you. That it's been too hard, it's been too difficult, you've been too hurt, so there is no more fight in you. But wherever you are at this morning, whether you're at the top of the hill, the middle, or face planted at the bottom, this morning I believe that God wants to speak a new word into your situation. I believe that whether, wherever you are at this morning, God wants to speak a new word. So if you feel like you are at the top of the hill this morning and you're not in a fight, I believe that God wants to speak new dreams and new purpose over you this morning. I believe that if you are in the middle of a fight, God will speak new resolve and new determination into your fight today. That if you have no fight left in you, I believe that God wants to speak new strength, new vision, new breakthrough over you this morning. And God's word, the word that he speaks to you is this charge. It's this commission. It's this call to stand up and fight. And that's why, that's the reason that we start our series in January, thinking of the word for the year and listening deliberately to what God is saying to us. 
Because we recognize that the word that God speaks, the charge that he gives us can grow us and shape us. It can open new doors and new opportunities like we never thought possible. It can take us to whole new levels. His word is a charge, it's a commission, it's a call to fight. But this new charge comes with a new challenge. Because the word that God speaks to us Often, when God speaks to us, it's not always convenient, it's not always comfortable, doesn't always make sense, and sometimes it just seems impossible. And the word that God gives us can often seem inconvenient, illogical, and impossible. Because in my experience, what I found is that more often than not, God will ask me to give when I feel like I haven't got anything and money's a bit tight. Often, God will ask me to step out of my comfort zone just as I'm getting nice and comfortable. Often, I feel like God will ask me to change a certain habit just as it's becoming routine. It's not always convenient when God speaks to us, right? It's not always perfect timing. It can feel inconvenient when God speaks to us, and it can feel illogical at times. So I, before I worked at church, I worked for a fraud investigation company, which I loved. My job was health and safety. Boo. Um, but I really enjoyed my job. It was interesting. I got on really well with everybody that I worked with. I got on well with my boss. Uh, and it was, it was going really well. So I was on track for a promotion. I was being trained and developed. Uh, and my career was almost being laid out in front of me. And then I felt God say to me to apply for the apprentice position at church. And it made no sense. On the surface, it made no sense why I would quit my job and take a pay cut just as everything was going really well. Like, it, people, it did, people didn't understand it. It didn't make sense. But sometimes the word God speaks to us will be illogical, but it's totally right, and it's totally of him. Like, for example, God asked Noah to build the ark before he even knew what rain was. That's not logical. God asked Moses to hold a staff over the sea and expect it to part. Like God asked Joshua to walk around the wall seven times, expecting them to come down. And when God speaks to us, it will often be illogical. It won't always make sense. He asks us, for example, to worship instead of worrying. That doesn't always make sense. He asks us to give when money is tight. He asks us to forgive instead of retaliating. He asks us to trust and wait instead of trying to sort stuff out ourselves. Often when God speaks to us, it can be inconvenient and it can be illogical and sometimes it will feel impossible. And maybe you are here today and you feel like you've got no fight left in you because there is too... The task that God is asking of you is too big. Or like the calling that you sense in you is so unobtainable right now. Or the dreams that you feel like you've got in your heart are nowhere to be seen. And the dreams and desires that you feel like you've got are so different from the day-to-day experience. And sometimes people, sometimes there'll be people here who feel like you've lost the fight because it just seems impossible. The task is too big, the calling is unattainable, that addiction is impossible to break, that forgiveness and bitterness, like that bitterness in you is too much of a stronghold to be able to forgive. That family member that needs to know Jesus is so far away from him and the fight can often seem impossible. So what happens 
when we're saying, get your word for 2020, and we're going to do this new thing and listen to what God's saying to you, what happens when actually what God says to you is inconvenient, illogical, or impossible? In 840 BC, there was a huge drought which led to a a widespread famine and the drought lasted for a few years, so it was getting really, really desperate. And um, there's an account of one lady in particular in the middle of this drought and this famine who had a little boy and she tried everything that she possibly could to get food for them, but crops weren't growing, there was no help from authorities, no aid was being given to her, so she resigned herself to her fate almost and she had no fight left in her there was nothing more she could do it was impossible couldn't see a way out so she resigned herself to the fact that she was going to have to make one more meal for her and her son and just as she was going to do that that's when God spoke to her and God sent a man called Elijah to ask her for some of her food in return for a promise saying if you give me some of your food God says it will not run out and you will always have enough. And we can read this account in 1 Kings chapter 17. It says this, Elijah called to the woman and asked, would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called and bring me a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. She had no fight left in her whatsoever. And Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said, but first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. And through this prophet, Elijah, God speaks to the woman and brings a word that is totally inconvenient. Like she's just about to prepare her last meal to feed her son. She has nothing left and she's been asked to give something out of it. It's totally illogical. Why on earth would she give out of the little that she has to a complete stranger? And it was totally impossible. Why would that then result in her having this overflow and abundance left over? It was inconvenient, illogical and impossible. But in that moment, this lady whose name we don't even know demonstrates what we need to do when we are in the same position. She demonstrates what we need to do when we receive a word that doesn't make sense, that seems too big and illogical and impossible for us. She demonstrates that winning the fight requires fierce faith. Winning your fight requires fierce faith. And she demonstrated fierce faith when she went, prepared some bread, and gave it to Elijah, trusting in the promise that God had given her. And I think what's interesting is often when we think of faith, I think we can think of like... uh, brave, heroic acts of prayer or trust or belief. Uh, But actually, what's interesting is that more often, the word faith in the Bible conveys a thought of steadfastness, faithfulness, and obedience. More than huge acts of faith, trust, belief. It communicates steadfastness, 
faithfulness, consistency, obedience. And fierce faith is actually fierce obedience. In James, it says this, James chapter 2, verse 26 says, For just as the human body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works of obedience is also dead. Faith is a charge to obedience. It is a call to obedience. And um, this week, I was listening to a podcast by Craig Groeschel, who's a pastor of a large church in America. And their series actually is called Warrior. And they're looking at the battles that God has for us to win, which is cool. Uh, But he said something in his preach, which was too good not to share. And when talking about the battles that we have to win, the fights that we have to win, he said this, victory isn't always what you conquer later, but victory is being faithful and obedient today. So victory isn't just when we finally win the fight. It's not when we finally overcome that addiction, finally see all our family members saved, we're finally in our dream job and we've got what we were believing for, but actually victory is faithful obedience today. It's not going and running that 5K, but it's getting up off the sofa and walking one. It's not writing a whole novel, but it's penning a paragraph today. Faithfulness is displayed in obedience. Fierce faith is fierce obedience. David, for example, wasn't just victorious when he slung his stone and killed Goliath, but he was victorious every day that he went out to tend the sheep. He was victorious when he took supplies to his brothers in the battle. Jesus even wasn't just victorious when he died for us on the cross, but he was victorious when he was a little boy and was obedient to his parents. He was victorious when he was fasting in the wilderness and didn't sin. He was victorious when he said, God, not my will, but your will be done. We aren't victorious when we win the fight in the future, but we are victorious when we choose obedience today. Fierce faith is fierce obedience. And I think that's why Paul uses such strong language in his letter to Timothy. Because I think he knew that that to do what God was asking him to do, Timothy would need fierce faith. He would need fierce obedience to be able to stand up for what was right, what was true. He would need fierce obedience to follow what God says in the face of these leaders who are causing division. And so Paul says, I charge you to obey what God has said to you because he knew that winning the fight requires fierce faith. And this year, I believe that what God is asking of us to achieve what God is asking of you or to achieve what God is asking of us as a church, will require fierce faith, fierce obedience, this faith that acts when it's inconvenient, this faith that obeys even when it's illogical, this faith that trusts even when it seems impossible. And fierce faith is having the confidence that God's word won't always make sense, but it will always make a way. Fierce faith is the confidence that God's word won't always make sense, but it will always make a way. Um, In his book, Doing What Jesus Did, Robbie Dawkins shares a true story of a lady who wanted to hear God. She really wanted to hear God and do what he said. So she was driving home from a conference one day and she prayed, God, I pray that you would speak to me. God, I just want to do whatever you say. Whatever you say, God, I'm going to do it. 
And in that moment, she felt God say, turn left. Like it might have been a whim, but she thought, I want to obey what God says. So she turned left, carried on driving for a little bit. Uh, And then she felt the same nudge again to turn right, which she did. So she carried on and found herself outside a, like a little corner shop. So she went in with this anticipation of like, what God's, what's God going to do? Like, is there somebody here that I need to pray for? Is there somebody here that's going to ask me what must I do to be saved? Like, is there somebody that's going to be healed? And all that came to her, all she felt was God say, go in front of that cashier and do a handstand. Like, at that point, I would think, okay, that's definitely not God, my mistake, get in the car and go home. But she was obviously a better Christian than me because she chose to obey what God had said to her. So she waited for a little bit just to gain some confidence and for the shop to clear as much as possible. And then she went over to the cashier, said, hey, look what I can do, and proceeded to do a handstand in front of him. And from her upside down position, she just saw him drop his head and shake it. And she thought, what an idiot. Like, he's going to think I am completely crazy. What have I just done? So she swung her legs back down, uh, looked at the cashier, and he was crying. And so she asked him what the matter was. And he said, half an hour before, he had said, God, if you're real, then you need to prove it by making somebody come and do a handstand right in front of me. How amazing is that? And it is this crazy, unusual story, but I love it because it demonstrates that God's word won't always make sense, but it will always make a way. It won't always seem convenient and logical, but it will always bring about what he has planned and purpose. And that is exactly the same in our lives. It won't always make logical sense, but it will always make a way. Just like this amazing lady in 1 Kings 17, she chose fierce faith. She chose to obey when it didn't make sense. And then we see how God makes a way because in verse 15, it says this. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. And this year, I can't promise that what God speaks to you is going to be convenient. I can't promise that what God asks of you will be logical. And I can't promise that this fight will always seem possible. But I do know that as we step out in fierce faith, fierce obedience, that somehow he makes a way and he causes doors to open and opportunities to land. And he positions us in places that we'd never find ourselves if we didn't step out and fiercely follow fiercely obey band you can come up I believe that for us as a church as we fiercely follow his call this year that we will see ground taken that we'll see miracles take place that we'll see old giants slayed that we would see fights being won and that we will grow in the process Because I'm not saying that God will make a way and it will be exactly the thing that you were thinking it would be. Sometimes God makes a way in us. Sometimes it's this external thing, like the cashier says, that's what I was praying for. Other times, it just, sometimes he will cause us to step out in faith so that he can do something in us. 
so that he can change our mindset, so that he can create this trust, this steadfastness, this consistency for what he's got in store for us next. I know whatever happens, even if it doesn't make sense, he will always make a way, always make a way. And so my question is, what does fierce faith look like for you today? What does fierce faith look like for you today? What is God asking of you at the moment? What's that thing that you really can't get off your mind? That thing that he's asking you to do, maybe to step out in, that person that you need to forgive, that thing you need to consistently pray for, even though nothing's happening. What is God asking of you right now? What is your word, if you already have it, for 2020? And how can you actively obey, not tomorrow, but today? What can you do today? What does fierce faith look like for you today? And my prayer, my encouragement is that that would be a prayer that we can pray every day this week. God, what does fierce faith look like for me today? And imagine as we choose to step out and watch as when we obey, he makes a way. As we step out in trust and faith and obedience. He will make a way, new opportunities, new doors being open, new growth that we could never imagine before. And for some of you today, um, fierce faith might look like making the first step in following God. Maybe you're here and you've never taken that first step in saying yes to God. Maybe you wouldn't call yourself a Christian right now, but Jesus displayed and demonstrated ultimate obedience in going to the cross to defeat sin and death so that you could step into his victory so that you could receive new hope and new life and new purpose and life eternally because when we receive Jesus when we say yes to him and say Jesus I need you we step into his victory and so maybe for you today fierce faith looks like saying I haven't got it all sussed haven't got it all together I don't know everything but I want to know Jesus and I want to take a first step in knowing him then what I'm going to do is I'm just going to pray and so I'll count to three and ask you to just pop your hand up if you say yes Jesus I want to know you I want to take that first step of fierce faith today then I ask you to put your hand up the reason that we do that is because it's not like this magical thing but there's something about this outward action that seems to cement that decision in us. So when you put your hand up, it marks the moment that you take that first step. And so all I'm gonna do is just count to three and ask you to pop your hand up. So if you could close your eyes or bow your heads, whatever you wanna do for privacy or concentration. And if today you say, I wanna take that first step of fierce faith, Jesus, I wanna know you, I need you, I wanna experience your grace and your life and this call that you have for me, then on three, just pop up your hand, ready? One, two, three, lift up your hands. Amazing, we can see you, we can see you. Anybody else this morning? Beautiful, you can pop your hands down. Father God, I thank you so much for every person that has raised their hand today, that they have taken this first step of fierce faith and they don't have to have it all together, they don't have to have it all worked out, but right now you meet them in the full force of your victory and right now they have new life and new purpose and new call over their life and I pray God that they would experience you as they step out in fierce faith this week in the name of Jesus. Can we just celebrate the people that have made that decision this morning.
decision you will ever make. And um, I'd really encourage you, if you put your hand up and said, yes, I want to take that step, then speak to somebody that you came with or come and see somebody in the lounge. And we want to give you a Bible to mark this moment. Again, just to mark that step that you've made. Really encourage you to do that. That would be amazing. Um, could we stand together? And uh, the way I want to end today is we are going to sing this song. We're going to sing, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. And I encourage you that as we sing, let this be a declaration and an outward confession of your fierce face. That even in the midst of the fight, even when it's difficult, even if right now you have lost the fight and there's no fight left in you, even now this can be a declaration of fierce faith that God, I will step out. I will obey whatever you say, even if it doesn't make sense. God, I believe that it will make a way. So can you lift your hands together and let's sing this together, even when I don't see it. Even when I don't see it, you're working. 